What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Celtics Collective Podcast. I'm Maddie, and I'm here with Adam and Sean. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Good to see everyone. I'm living. That's the best I can ask for. Adam, we haven't talked to you since you've been back from vacation. Oh, it was a good vacation. It's a holiday where you are, right? Yeah, it's a holiday. holiday. I'm Americanizing, you know, I'm using the correct vernacular for the the audience. No, I want to say holiday. Yeah, I I want to say holiday. So much more trendy, which is not normally like you, so... Just throwing it your way. Yo, shade at one minute and four seconds into the show. And that's because you messed up the intro twice. So we're like 30 seconds into the show. Shots fired. I have to stay on brand. Sean, you look beautiful as always. Well, thank you. I feel beautiful today. You, I love that. <laughs> that was the best response I could have gotten. Um, We're coming at you guys late because we decided that we wanted to take the long weekend. Um. And we're going to be coming back at you at normal times next week. But we had to accommodate Adam on his holiday. I mean, I, I, I had a good time. So thank you for being accommodating. And Adam had a tan for about 15 minutes. I think it's gone now. So now the, the green light makes it fade. But it is, okay. it's very cold here right now. And it's very wet. So this tan is not going to last more than a yeah, week. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> that does not sound like a good time. Did you get a spray tan? No. I got a real tan. I would love to see you with a spray tan. I always, um, I'm always concerned. Remember the episode of Friends where you might be too young, actually, but there was an episode of Friends where Ross got the spray tan and he, he, and he just ended up coming out like orange. And it was just like, dude, I, and that was like, I'm never doing that because that would be me. He forgot to turn, and so he went and did it again, and it happened again, right? And he threw Mississippi in, right? So he was like one Mississippi to, and it should have just been one to. And like I'm that type of, like I overthink everything. So I'd be like, is there a Mississippi? Isn't that? Oh, it's too late now. <laughs> That's perfect. He also had that episode where he had like the really white teeth. Was that the same episode? Was it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no, I don't think it was. And then he had the leather pants episode as well. This is a friend's stand podcast, apparently. I mean, I, I do enjoy some friends. And Ninja Turtles. We all know that. I completed the collection. Congratulations. Congratulations. I was day. so happy. I don't You're know a full blown can... nerd now. I'm so that? proud of you. And then I've got oh, my yeah. um yeah. I've got my toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. Very oh. cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm a full blown nerd now. You 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 were pretty close before that, so I don't know. I have a Ninja Turtles tattoo. I don't know how much more nerd. And an Iron Man one. I don't know how much more. Nerd- and a Boy Comics from Mars. So I don't know how much more nerdy I can get. Yeah, I'm gonna save you from any more embarrassment. I'm gonna let the people know what we're talking about today. <laughs> today we're talking about Marcus Smart. What's next coming up on the roster? And Grant Williams. And then we have a little bit of a fun game for you guys at the end. Ooh, yeah. Fun game. Let's dive into Marcus Smart. He says he's almost recovered from his ankle injury. How do we feel about that? Sean, what do you think? You know, it, it is sort of a, uh, a glass half full, a glass half empty kind of thing where, uh, you know, you can look at it like, all right, well, uh, okay, he's almost recovered. Uh, but then you also think, well, geez, it's September. Uh, and he's still bothered by this ankle injury that he suffered uh, in May. And, and you know, he was pretty beat up last year. You know, he had the ankle injury. He had a shoulder injury, I think, at one point. Uh, you go back to the year before that, he had uh, uh, the calf injury as well. So, uh, you know, it's been uh, – 
uh, it's been quite a year in terms of bumps and bruises uh, uh, for Marcus Smart. And that's something that you always worry about with him. He puts himself in harm's way so much. Um, you know, you think back uh, to what was it four years ago when he punched a, 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 a picture frame and, and almost ended his career because the glass shattered and, and, and got between his fingers and could have cut a tendon. Uh, so you're always a little got to be a little bit worried about Marcus Smart in terms of that 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 wild card injury stuff. Uh, plus, you've got a team that's that's already littered with with, with potential uh, injury problems with Malcolm Brogdon, and, and of course, we've already seen Gallinari. You worry about Rob Williams and Al Horford at at age uh, at age thirty six. So, you know, there's a lot to worry about on the injury front. Uh, I don't think that we expected to be worried about Marcus Smart to start training camp, but here we are. I think that the other thing to, that concerns me as well, first of all, that. The glass, when he hit that picture frame, he revealed last season that there was still bits in there. So it's like yeah. he has to deal with that lasting pain as well. And then one of the biggest narratives around Smart throughout his entire career has been what's his longevity going to be like with the way he plays, the injuries he sustains? Is there going to become a point where his body just starts to break down and he's not the same player he once was simply because he has to be more mindful about when he puts himself in those situations Having this long-lasting ankle injury, as you said, the shoulder, there's been knee issues throughout the past. It does make you a little bit concerned, like when he starts the season, is he going to be a little bit more timid because he wants to let his ankle continue to strengthen before going full throttle? Or is he going to be the Marcus Smart we all know and love? And is this pit bull, but then he re-aggravates the injury and ends up missing time because of it. So I'd much rather be in a position where you're starting the year without Marcus Smart, if that means that you can like, you get him back, I don't know, early December, but his ankle's fully strengthened and he's ready to give you 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I really remember too last year, I mean, that was one of the big turning points, right, was when he he went out with COVID and, and you know, everything, so, you know, there's, what, two, three games under 500, uh, and, and it seemed like everything was was coming apart. Uh, and then he comes back, and that's when everything really started clicking, and 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 you saw everything coming together. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you can deal without him, uh, you know, missing a few games here and there. You can deal without him uh, for October, November, uh, but you don't want to deal without him long term. You know, he was so important to what they did last year, and and like I said, that the whole season really turned around uh, once he was healthy and back on the floor. The only upside for me is the fact that you now, like when he was out back last season and like you, you didn't have him and there was no other perimeter defender to really absorb those minutes. This time you can lean onto Derek White a little bit more and exercise caution with Smart because you have a player that isn't at his defensive level but gives you a very good rendition of what Smart does. And then you can throw Brogdon in there as well that isn't a terrible defender. So you can survive, as you said, October and November. But long term, you don't want to be without Smart for a prolonged period of time. But that's why I'd be cautious to start the season rather than throwing him in there and then being like, oh, man, in retrospect, we really should have kept him out for another month. Yeah. Talking about being without players, the Celtics are going to be without Gallinari. How will that affect us at center and power forward? We know it's going to hurt. Adam, do you have any thoughts on who they could bring in to fill that position? So I've got two guys I've been looking at more than anybody else. Uh, number one is Carmelo Anthony. But the, the downside there is you need to we, – we're not privy to what the Celtics were planning on doing with Gallinari. He could play the four. He can play the five. 
the hope was in my mind that he can spell some rest breaks for Horford and Rob Williams throughout the season by sliding up to five or sliding down to four. And there's not really anybody else on the free agent market at this point in time that can give you multi-positional skill that's like capable of actually being on the floor without being a net negative. So then you start looking at my number one option is Carmelo Anthony because Gallinari was brought in for the sole purpose of adding scoring off the bench. Then you'd have Gallinari and Grant Williams spreading the corners or spreading on the wings. So Carmelo Anthony can come in and pretty much give you a very close replication of this, the shooting and the catch and shoot kind of offense that Gallinari would without needing to worry about the defense, but you can only play, you can only play Anthony at the four. So now all of a sudden you're not going to be able to spell minutes at the five. And if you wanted to, if you were more concerned about Robert Williams than Al Horford, then DeMarcus Cousins is probably that guy for me because he can play a bit on the perimeter. I think he's shot like 33% last season for while he was with Denver. Uh, he can play down on the post. He can rebound. He can give you a little bit of everything around the mid-range, on the elbows. But there's no one player that can come in and give you that multi-positional like, boost that Gallinari would have. So it's going to be a pick your poison. Do you want shooting at the four or do you want some rebounding and floor spacing at the five? Yeah, and I think I think you make a good point there, Adam. And I'd, 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 I'd put it to you this way. Um, what do you think, Adam? What, what 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 do you think they were expecting from Gallinari? Because they didn't really have a guy like that off the bench last year. What did what did you think that 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 they were going to ask of him this year? Um, you know, did, do you really think they were going to ask him to play that much of the five? That 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 Ma would be comfortable with a guy like Gallinari at the five? Personally, no. I think that if you look at his statistics when he was playing the five with Atlanta. And this is no like this is going to sound disrespectful for, to Atlanta, and I don't mean it to be, but it's just the best way I can kind of explain it. Is Atlanta's defense at the best of times is bad. When they played Gallinari at the five, it was awful. So moving Gallinari to the five in Boston just didn't seem viable to me. I saw them using him at the four, kind of like an understudy to Al Horford, capable of filling in those minutes and playing behind Grant Williams when he needed to. And then just being a catch-and-shoot guy on the wing, slot, or in the corner, and being able to attack closeouts, I didn't expect him to be handling the rock much. It was very much a catch-and-shoot and a pick-and-pop or a screen-and-slip type guy, which is why I'm so big on replacing him with Carmelo Anthony because I think the like-for-like replacement, the scoring, the ability to be a screener, the ability to create your own shot after dribble if somebody closes out hard on you, and just being an all-round veteran scorer makes perfect sense for me. But yeah, I, I did not want or expect to see much of Gallo at the five. Yeah, and they, they actually had some interest in, in Carmelo Anthony a couple of years ago when he was a free agent back when, when Brad Stevens was, was coaching. They did consider him, uh, you know, when he, after he had that miserable season uh, with Houston, and then eventually Portland brought him in. Uh, but, uh, but, but they did consider him... Uh, and and decided ultimately that that the lack of defense was was too much. Obviously, with this team, uh, you know, if you bring him in as a shooting spe- specialist, uh, you know, that's that's that that's a pretty good role for him. I'd be concerned because if you look at what Anthony last year wound up with pretty good numbers. He started the year great. He was fantastic in Los Angeles at was at what was then the Staples Center. Now, whatever it's the crypto something or other, uh, you know, he was he was fantastic. Uh, but but he did tail off over the course of the year. And that that would worry me. You know, is he a guy who 
who is going to be able to give you much stability uh, in terms of what he does. My guys, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see, if you want to go for a five, I'd like to see a guy like Cody Zeller. I, I, you know, I'm surprised nobody's really given him a look. He's only 30 years old. Uh, obviously had a, a, a nasty knee injury, cracked the patella uh, uh, last year, and, and, and that ended his season. Uh, but in terms of a, a veteran backup, uh, you know, who can do a few things and, and it's not going to hurt you. Um, you know, he can play a little four, obviously it's not natural for him. Uh, but, you know, can certainly play the five uh, and you can have Al at the four. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to see Cody Zeller. I think he's a, a pretty good option for them. Another guy I like who doesn't get a lot of attention was, was Alfonso McKenzie, McKinney. I think when he gets a chance, he's actually been a pretty good player. Um, so I'd like to see that, him get a chance, you know, 30 years old. He had a pretty good year a couple years ago with the Warriors when he got a chance. Really hasn't had much of a chance to play since. He's bounced around in some situations where he hasn't been able to, uh, to, to get on the floor. Um, I, I, I like him whenever I watch him, and I'm always wondering, you know, why he doesn't get more of a chance. Uh, you could certainly have LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, that's that's been a name out there. He averaged 13 points last year, so so he's somebody who's uh, who's possible. Uh, but, you know, one thing that, that, that both of us have said here, Adam, and I wonder what you think, is that uh, none of these guys are TPE guys, and we're not talking about guys. You know, these are all just straight free agent minimum signings. Uh, and not TPE guys. You not see them, uh, you know, possibly using a TPE to fill the, the, this hole for uh, uh, for Gallinari? At the moment, no. So the reason being is the tax, right? I mean, one is it's for every dollar you spend, it's like $4.15 tax penalties. So when you use the TPE, you're going to be spending more than a veteran minimum. And there's no guarantee whoever you bring in is even going to be able to give you more than what a Camelo Anthony could or a, or a Zella or a demarcus cousins so in my opinion you save that tp until you're closer to the trade deadline and see if there's a package that you can put together of some underperforming guys that you may have to bring in somebody that is a difference maker around that february time for right now i think there's enough talent in the free agency market and that gallo's role was so very going to be so defined on offense as a catch and shoot threat and just a screen and pop guy that you can find perfect well close to perfect replacements for him and uh just a, the one thing we what you said with Melo was like he faded towards the end of last season and that's true but the lakers as a unit had a bunch of injury issues Melo ended up averaging 26 minutes a game i couldn't see him averaging more than 14 15 a game throughout the entire season with boston and hopefully those 10 minutes a night that he's shaving off means that you're going to get some more consistency and longevity through the year those are th those are our cases, Maddie. I don't know. I don't know who who whose case do you buy most there? <laughs> wow, I was muted, you guys. What a rookie mistake. <laughs> Adam's not gonna let me live that down. I was and I was over here trying to give him props. That was a I sign. That was my I mean, sign from the universe nice. that I should stick with Sean. I didn't even <laughs> say it out loud. I I used like something that could Fine be edited language. so you didn't have to admit it and then you chose Listen, to bait yourself out full ownership full ownership because i already know i'm going to catch slack on the back end because all my friends make fun of the way that i even say gallinari because they're like gallinari that's how i say it <laughs> so i'm just i'm just 
wading into it. Let's go ahead and get into Grant Williams and get off of me for a moment <laughs> because we know that he's going to be taking on a bigger role. Um, what are your concern levels with the extension talks? Do you think that he's going to be able to get this done? Adam, can we start with you? Yeah, we can. I mean, I'm not too concerned right now. There's plenty of time to get this extension done. There's also a world in where if you cannot agree to an extension and you go to free agency, you could end up still retaining Williams maybe on a little bit less or slightly more than what you were going to pay him anyway. I think that if I'm Boston, if I'm the front office, you've had his his sophomore year was abysmal. You know, he really struggled to stay in front of guys on defense. His shot wasn't there. And then he has this breakout year in year three where the general rule of thumb is if you're going to show improvement, it's generally in that third year if you're not one of these top two, top three, four guys coming in in the draft. So he's done what was expected of him. He's developed in the third year, proved himself and earned himself a viable and long-term spot within the rotation. But if I'm Boston, I'm like, well, you've had two years of being subpar and one year of hitting the mark and slightly exceeding what was asked of you. Let's see what you do in year four. And if you can start the season hot and continue to hit freeze at a high clip, continue to defend at a high rate. Now that defenses are going to be altering the way they defend you and offenses are going to be altering the way they attack you. Maybe they try and keep you on the weak side. Maybe they try and make you fight over screens more, but if you can continue to be effective, then we will, maybe we will, kind of moved and moved the need a little little bit further and come closer to what you're asking in contract discussions but right now if i'm brad stevens i want to see more production and i want i want a bigger sample size of your production before i start committing big money to you yeah you know i mean you know he's he's an older third year player as well i think that's that's a a consideration um but, you know, these negotiations, I, I think a lot of it does come down to uh, player on one side, team on the other side, and building some trust between the two sides. That, that um, you know, going to restricted free agency is, is usually the right thing for a team to do, but a lot of teams do not like to do it because it, 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 it strains the relationship. You know, it, it does throw in this roadblock of you didn't think I was worth it. You didn't, you know, you, you made me go out and prove myself. You didn't, uh, uh, you didn't buy, uh, you know, what I had done in my first three years. So I do think that there is a, um, a, a tendency between teams uh, and players uh, to want to have, uh, to, want, to want to be on the same page, you know, with the, with these guys' career. Um, and, I, and I think that's what Brad Stevens is. And I, I can tell you that uh, Grant Williams' agent, Bill Duffy, that is how he has always handled these sorts of things. You know, there was an agent uh, a, a while ago. His name was Dan Fagan. Uh, God rest his soul. He, he died pretty tragically in a car accident but uh, a few years ago. But, um, you know, I remember talking to a GM about him. And he'd say that Dan used to go to every meeting with dynamite in his briefcase. In other words, he would go and he'd want, want what he'd want. If he didn't get it, he was going to open the briefcase and blow up everybody. Uh, and, and, and there are agents that are like that. And, and, and I can say, though, that Bill Duffy is not one of those guys. You know, he's not that kind of guy. He really does want – I think he views getting that third-year extension as a very important thing. It's a way to generate, you know, huge wealth for that, for that kid's family uh, forever. And, and, and you, get, you get the opportunity to get that – and you you make sure that you take advantage of that. Uh, don't forget that Bill Duffy was also Jay Williams' uh, agent back in 2003 when when uh, when Jay Williams had that terrible motorcycle crash. He never got to the extension phase of things. So I think that does sort of inform uh, the way that he approaches these things. 
Uh, Bill Duffy uh, is R.J. Barrett's agent, and we saw R.J. Barrett take an extension rather than push for that max extension. Uh, Bill Duffy, uh, you know, has a long history of, of, of approaching these sorts of things this way. And I think that's how it's going to be with Grant Williams here. I think that uh, that in the end, the Celtics don't want to fight. They don't want to go to restricted free agency. Uh, Bill Duffy and Grant Williams don't want to fight. They don't want to go to restricted free agency. I think everybody's pretty rational here. And that in the end, that's what's going to play out, that we're going to wind up seeing uh, you know, a sensible deal somewhere in the range of like three years and 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 forty something million. You know, something like that, uh, slightly above the uh, uh, the mid level exception, uh, and that'll be just a starting point for Grant Williams. And I think the best thing to remember is the deadline for these extensions isn't right now. And this is where I'm coming from, where you can still see some early season production and get a contract extension over the line. So there's always that aspect to take into it as well. But I agree. I mean, I think Grant Williams is a, a terrific glue guy. He's going to be a long, he's going to have a long tenured NBA career because of the positions he plays, because his game isn't based on athleticism. He's a great locker room guy from everything I've read and I've seen. And there there must be mutual like willingness to make this deal because otherwise we would have heard reporting to the country, which we haven't done. There hasn't been any leaks. So I would say that I'm expecting the deal to get done, but I wouldn't be concerned if it didn't happen in the next couple of weeks or maybe even in the next month. Yeah, no, it's, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if training camp starts and we don't see a contract yet that, that you know, I think both sides uh, have an expectation that, that there'll be some good faith bargaining uh, that goes on before the start of the season. And that's, and that's, that, that's when we'll see a deal probably, uh, you know, mid, mid October, you know, October, uh, what is it? It's the eighth today. So about a month from now, I think is when we'll, uh, we'll, we'll probably see a deal. And, and if we don't, and if we get reports of, of some animosity, A, I'd be really surprised, uh, but B, uh, uh, that's an indication that, that, yeah, Grant Williams might head to restricted free agency. And again, that's probably, you know, from a team perspective, that might be the right thing to do. But, you know, you look at DeAndre Ayton, for instance, last year, uh, things weren't right with him and the Suns once he came back uh, and had to play uh, play for a restricted free agent contract. And and that's something that I, I think Brad Stevens doesn't want to risk. The other thing with restricted free agency, I've always looked at it like you're allowing another team to dictate to an extent your cap sheet. Because if, if they know you're – if Grant Williams proves himself through this year and he's an integral part of another finals run, he's putting up great numbers from deep, and then he hits restricted free agency, there's going to be a team out there that offers him a lot of money simply because they know Boston's going to do it, but they're going to hamstring themselves cap-wise, and now they need, now their ability to maneuver in the, in the free agent market – and in trade discussions is slightly more difficult because this other team has turned the screws a little bit by offering a bigger deal to Grant Williams and kind of forcing your hand into paying that money. Yeah. A lot of years, that's really not that big of a deal uh, because there just isn't that much cap space. There should be more cap space out there uh, next season than, than we would usually see. So that's something to keep in mind as well that, you know, if you like this past year, you had you know three teams that had uh, any real cap space. 
uh, and 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 you saw what happened. You know, a guy like Colin Sexton couldn't get an offer uh, because there wasn't any room out there. You know, that there just was nobody to go to and say, "Hey, give us a, give us an offer." The team might match it, but 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 you know, give us something. Uh, it just it didn't didn't happen because there were no teams out there. Nobody had any cap space. Next year there should be uh, you know probably about six or seven at least with the ability to create some cap space uh, to be a factor on that uh, on that free agent market. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely pulling for an extension because I'm working on some Grant Williams um, Ninja Turtle merch, and the Celtics green just goes perfectly with that merch. Are you lying? Yeah. No. Grant, 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 he Grant looks Williams. like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I, I, I want some. <laughs> we'll see if I can work you onto the list. Onto the, I want, no, I expect to be number one on the list. <laughs> number one. You probably be consulting with Adam on this and, and, and get some ideas on, uh, uh, on design. Uh, you have it tatted on your arm, don't you? I have Ninja Turtles tatted on my arm. <laughs> I will send you free merch if you get Grant Williams as a Ninja Turtle tatted on your arm. I've got no problem with that. I'll do that. I have it on my neck if I need to. He'll do it himself. Yeah, I've got some tattoo. I've got to book some tattoo sessions to finish the sleeve anyway. I can work that in no problem at all. Deal, deal. Okay, let's close this out with a fun game because football. The NFL is back this week, which I'm really excited about. I love fantasy football. So we're going to play a little bit of a spin on fantasy football with fantasy basketball Celtics edition. I want to know just spitball answers. Who do you guys think is the workhorse Celtic? Who's consistently contributing to the team? Al Horford. Al Horford. Love big Al. You guys agreed on it? Wow. No, 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 no. I don't agree. I'm, I was, oh, I was like, <laughs> I wow. Know. I did not expect that. <laughs> I want to know, uh, know why why Adam thinks so. I just think Al Horford's the, the master of doing a lot without looking like he's doing too much. Like, Al does everything. He's, he's great defensively. He's really good at denying passing lanes. He's really good at staying in front of guys, absorbing contact on offense. He's a screener. He rebounds. He shoots the ball. He's just a workhorse. He, he's the water He's the water carrier. You can just pull things on his back and let him just take you. He's not going to win you a game like by going – well, he might do if, you, if his playoff performance is anything to go by. He's not, But he's not going to be a guy that explodes for 30, 35, but he's going to be the guy that does multiple little things on both sides of the floor to help kind of uplift everybody else. That's a workhorse. Did you see it, it, Sean's face? He's judging you so hard right now. No, no, no. If you no, guys I, are I, only I, I listening, it, please tune it, into YouTube because Sean's face is hilarious. You guys, you guys, I, I'm here in Boston, and there's a there's a uh, uh, a sports talk guy uh, who has for years, going back to you know 2017, 2018, uh, you know when they went to the fine uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, who who dubbed Al Horford average Al. And he dubbed him that because his numbers are, you know, so-so. Uh, and you could always divide the Celtics fans in the area into the people who I think are numbskulls who believe that average Al is is correct, that 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 he's not worth it because he doesn't put up these huge numbers, even though he wins. Like, he wins. He does things that help you win. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm pleased to hear Adam say uh, Al Horford because it, 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 it reminds me of – uh, the knucklehead who always says average Al it drives me crazy. From now on, it's above average Al. That's what it is. Above now. average Al. Yes. More than adequate Al. Yeah. Yeah. Big Al, <laughs> Big Al has oh. some great family members too. Whenever I was at game four of the Celtics 
finals his sisters were up in the stands by me and they were so nice so entertaining anytime that it was like a timeout or anything like that my eyes immediately went to them because they were hilarious and they were entertaining the whole crowd they were awesome so big big al gets a fan out of me because his sisters are so cool yeah anna horford on on twitter is uh is more of a star than al is (laughs) she's popping She's awesome as well. Like, you know, I've, I've had multiple conversations with Anna. She's always super funny, um, incredibly respectful. And uh, she's just, she'll give you some insight into things and then she'll just kind of tie it back into like opposing fans and why they're just idiots. And then like, <laughs> she'll give you insight into some of the arguments that she's had. Uh, the whole Horford family is just brilliant. One of them's running for a position in government, right? Is that oh, right? Yeah, wow. I'm sure one of them. Um, He's running for like a, a, a government office or like a mayor of a state or a city. So, uh, you know, we're going to have more Horfords to cheer for. I, don't, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have to worry about what side of the land he lies on because I'm not there. So I'm just cheering for the Horfords. Our shirts are going to have to change from Horford or Big Al gets buckets to Horford gets votes. <laughs> and then Big Al gets buckets because Horford gets, it's Horford gets votes because Big Al gets, gets buckets. buckets. I yeah. love it. There you go. Sean, what about you? Oh, I, I was going to go with Marcus Smart, uh, you know, sort of from w- w- what I was saying before. Just, you know, they they win when he plays. You know, at this point, you know, they, there's still the argument. Some people say that, you know, Smart is not a good point guard. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. But but he does what this team needs, and and he does it consistently, uh, and you know what to expect, and, and he'll play hurt. Um, you know, you know what you're going to get on both sides of the ball. Uh, and, you know, Tatum can go up and down. Brown can go up and down. You're always going to get pretty much the same thing from Marcus Smart. So I appreciate that uh, from him as my uh, uh, as my workhorse. The only, the only reason I didn't go with Marcus was, one, because if we're doing a fantasy draft, there's going to be a form of, you know, how much I've got to spend. And <laughs> I, I want to save some of that. But also because sometimes Marcus is going to shoot me out of a game. And uh, I love Marcus, and I'll, and I'll ride that roller coaster like everybody else. But uh, I'm going with above average Al. Here we go with overthinking again. Uh, Adam, the overthinker. What about overvalued Celtic? Who's the most overvalued? I'm going to say Derek White. Uh, you know, I, and and I, I kept hearing through throughout the, his short time with the Celtics and 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 into the playoffs that. Well, you know, he's doing things out there that he's making winning plays and and they haven't had a guy like him and 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 MA loves him and 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 all this stuff. But in the end, I mean, you know, he came in for 26 games and shot 40% from the field and 30% from the three-point line. Uh, he had some pretty good moments in the playoffs for sure, but still 36% from the field, 31% from the three-point line. Um, you know, this is this is common in his career. It's been the knock on him is that he's not a consistent shooter, uh, and that's that's going to hold him back. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I like his defense for sure, uh, but I just think that, you know, for a guy that you're getting, you're giving – was it 16 million bucks to, um, you know, I, I, I want a little bit more shooting, a little bit more offense than what I'm getting from Derek White. I'm going to defend Derek White slightly and just say he's an exceptional off-ball cutter. Like he opens up so much for everybody else because of how well he, because cutting is a skill, right? I think yeah. it's one of the most overlooked skills in the NBA, being able to mm-hmm. time when to move, being able to move at a good pace to be able to, kind of like drag defenders out of the way and manipulate every the spacing that's going on. He's exceptional at that. But again, when the ball's in his hands and the usage rate he had, he should have been converting more. 
I wouldn't. Yeah, and, and I I agree with you on the cutting, and I also think that when he got more comfortable using that floater, you know, that was you know I think he felt like he had to come in and be a three point shooter. Uh, and and it felt like the more that he got comfortable with just being himself using that floater, you know, he was much more effective when he did that. So I think the hope is that coming into the year, you know, he'll 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 have a training camp. He'll be a little bit more acclimated. Uh, but but again, you know, the shooting's been a problem for him and it, and it was last year. So for I'm super loyal to, to the Celtics and to a to a fault. So when we're choosing overvalued, I'm going to have to choose a newer member of the team that has yet to plant the ball, but the fans think he's the second coming of I don't know who, is Mifandu Cabangele. Everybody is looking at his summer league performances like, this guy's legit. He's going to give us this at the four. He's going to give us this at the five. He's super athletic, dude. He smashed some guys in summer league. That's like me going to the park right now and playing some English guys at basketball and just absolutely – it means nothing. Please so, do it. That would be great content, to be I'd, honest. I'd do it to see that. I'm very, very gifted at dribbling basketball. But it means nothing. And I think that what a lot of people are expecting from Cabangelo and what they're hoping he can be this year versus what we're really going to see from him, which is – Eight, I'd say 74 DMP CDs when if he does go into Boston and come off that two way deal with 2.6 points per game and half a rebound and 0.1 block shot, he's he's overvalued and he hasn't even touched the ball yet. So, uh, I'm going with Cabin simply because I am not disrespecting anyone that made the NBA finals last season. <laughs> I think that's fair. Who are well, your Kevin Jelly? Kevin Jelly made the G League finals, I will say, and he he was fantastic. If we go back and look at the numbers, he was fantastic in the G League finals. Just saying, I I'll love the G League. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna push back and say, a lot of guys that thrive in the G League struggle once it comes to the NBA because it's sure. not as much as a the G League is far more about individual skills than what the NBA is, where it's more team based and understanding and reading the game. And I love watching the G League because you Me see too. some dudes just go ham. <laughs> and i feel like it's a little bit more um a little bit more aggressive you get away with a little bit more a little more physical and i like that people are playing for millions of dollars like i'm, I'm yeah. gonna be aggressive too <laughs> <laughs> i would love to just see you suit up just one time i'm okay. fly kicking people for rebounds and everything if there's a million dollars on the line <laughs> i'm sure you are you're taking people out <laughs> who is your sleeper pick adam what for for the Celtics? Yes, I've got Sam Hauser as my sleeper pick because mm. I think that if the Celtics do decide to replace Gallo at the five, which is a chance, and that means there's going to be more minutes for Hauser at the four. I think that he showed that he's a very viable catch and shoot guy. Brad Stevens is looking to prove Danny Ainge wrong, following all that Max Struess stuff where Struess went to Miami. And then, you know, he kind of burnt Boston a few times. Brad Stevens was like, no, I'm going to keep this dude. This dude can shoot the ball. I'm going to give him <laughs> some minutes. I think I've got Hauser, you know, probably doubling his or tripling his points per game and shooting a ridiculously effective 38 to 41% from deep on the season. You just said probably. tripling. Wow. You guys yeah, stand by he, that? He averaged 2.2 points a game. It's not <laughs> okay. Okay. Six point six. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, the math isn't too hard there. No, and I, I like, and, and you know, we talk about you know how how they're going to replace Gallinari. Fact is, they're probably just going to not do anything. You know, they're probably just going to do uh, Sam Hauser and my guy, my sleeper pick, Adam's favorite player, uh, Luke Cornett. 
uh, who, you know, has shown an ability when given a chance to occasionally knock down a three pointer. He'll take them. Uh, and occasionally they will go in. Uh, occasionally. He, he has uh, the talent of being seven foot two, which is something uh, that, uh, uh, as all the old coaching cliches will, will tell you, is something you can't teach. You can't teach seven foot two. Uh, so I'm going Luke Cornette. Uh, you know, I think he's going to get a chance. He's going to get a chance to play. And, 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 you know, if he squanders it at this point, I think he's 28 years old. He's been with about uh, 36 teams, which is, you know, six more teams than there actually are. So, uh, you know, he's been everywhere. He's had some chances here and there. I think this is his chance to, to, to finally get a consistent role. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know, I'd like to see the guy uh, cash it in. So we could wind up seeing uh, Luke Cornett and Sam Hauser both play uh, decent roles, at least for the Celtics uh, in the upcoming season, uh, if Adam and I are correct, at least. Sean just locally called Cornette a homie hopper, an NBA homie hopper. <laughs> I think it was very low-key. I think it was just a straight-up accusation. <laughs> I don't think you'll argue Here with it. Here it is. Probably not. I mean, good for him. Good for him. He continues to get picked up. Okay, well, that's all we have for today. You guys, please um, follow us, subscribe, rate, review. Let Adam know where he should get his Grant Williams Ninja Turtle tattoo at. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye.